So what happens when you find yourself doing all the things in business, single-handedly orchestrating huge launches, feeling a bit burned out and also pregnant. This is just one of the things I'm discussing today with one of my fave biz besties, Ariel Fry. You are going to L-O-V-E love Ariel as much as I do. I just know it. She's just so honest and so generous in sharing both her story, but also her insights and knowledge and is so willing to be real about running a business and being a mother. So in today's episode, Ariel and I are talking all things intuition, aligned action, spiritual motherhood and business, about how we found motherhood to be a mirror and a catalyst for the inner work, and about how both business and motherhood have helped us to return more and more to our authentic selves. So let's dive in. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast, bringing you strategy, mindset, and a dash of woo. If you want to learn how you can balance motherhood and money-making beautifully, if you want to learn the strategy, mindset, and manifestation tips you need to do more of what lights you up, attract more ideal clients, make more money, and enjoy more time freedom, if you want to create this vision of success because you are a mother not in spite of it, then you are in the right place, my love. I'm your host, success coach, business mentor, mother, and tea drinker, Corey Javid. So join me while we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Welcome to the show, Ariel. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to have you here. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. Like even before I, uh, I invited you, I've been wanting to have you on for a while. So um, the listeners already know that we are in a mastermind together. We're like business besties. I feel like I've known you for years and years, but it can't each actually be that long. But I just feel like we have that kind of soul connection to sound cheesy, but it's true. Totally. I agree. Yeah. Some of some of my listeners I also know you from when I did the live stream on uh, your page, right? I think that was earlier in lockdown. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh, and it was so good. You were like oh, that was it. fun. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Um <laughs> so, but this is about you today, <laughs> not about me. Um because I know you're brilliant and I want to hear everybody to hear all about you. Um I really want the listeners to start getting to know you. Um so just tell us, well actually you don't need to tell us who you are and what you do because I've already given you an intro, but I'd love us to start with a little bit about your journey into business because um Ariel started her business before having her daughter quite significantly like a significant amount of time beforehand and I think often we've had women on the show who have started a business as a kind of solution to the everything that's broken in the corporate world for a working parent um but I so I'm really interested for us to dive into your story and how that kind of impacted you that transition but let's just start at the beginning of when you're working in the restaurant space and you got it into having your own business how did that begin Totally. Well, it kind of began even before that. So I worked in restaurants for like a long time because my family owns some restaurants. And mm. when I was in college is really when it started. Like, like I was already working in restaurants. I was in college and I became obsessed with spirituality, personal development, intuition, mm. things like that. And I decided that I wanted to make more of an impact in the world than I felt like I was making. So mm. I decided I'm going to start a business. There's no reason why I can't do this. I'm just going yep. to start. And at that point, I took some classes. I started, this was like way before the coaching industry. 
by the way. That was a thing. It was way before it was a thing. It was way before any of the online industry, anything. There was, there were no Mm. marketing coaches. Like there was nothing. It didn't even exist. And I found someone who was teaching about ideal client. They had a Mm -hmm. big program about your ideal client. And (laughs) I decided to invest in that and then um, decided to start a uh, Reiki energy healing business, which never actually amounted to anything. I have. How old were you? Uh, Sorry to interrupt. How old were you at that point? No, you're fine. I was, um, I was 21, 21 or 22, Mm -hmm. I think maybe. Yep. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And so I started telling people about it. And like, I was so nervous and I just did not know what I was doing. But I was like, I'm going to do this. I can do this. And I did have like a couple of clients. They were all people Mm -hmm. that I knew. But then I just was like, I think I want to, you know, move into this kind of online space that I started exploring because bloggers Mm. were a big thing then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was pretty much all that the the online space was. And I was like, I'm going to be a a blogger. I want to do this. And from there, I started finding these like really niche, like online courses that people were creating or little programs or PDFs. And I was really fascinated with that and really thought that that was so cool that you could share all of the things that you were learning in this way. So Mm -hmm. I started to just explore all of that. And I started to learn about it and take more classes and courses. I mean, I think (laughs) I took so many classes, so (laughs) many programs, so many courses. But then finally, there was just kind of one of those moments you have where you're just like, I'm not doing this anymore. I was, I was a server at the time in a um, very, uh, very busy restaurant in Chicago. And I worked for a great company. But I was just like, I am not supposed to be here. Like this is draining mm-hmm. the life out of me. Like I'm not mm-hmm. supposed to come in here five days a week and work until three o'clock in the morning and go home and sleep at four. Like that is not <laughs> what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So um, I kind of had that like moment, you know, that so many of us have. And then yeah. I decided I'm going to go all in on this. And that was around 2015. So one of my, one of my clients calls that the fuck this shit moment. Yeah, it was a fuck this <laughs> like, shit like, moment for yes. sure. And it was like right around 2015. This is when Periscope came out. Do you remember Periscope? Were you on mm-hmm. it? No, I wasn't. But I, yeah, I remember it. First live streaming platform. And I was like, I am going to just use this. I'm going to kill it. I got this. Like, let's go. So I just showed up on that thing every single day and just talked about all the spiritual stuff that I knew. And people just started watching and following. And I was so excited and energetic about it. And that's really like how it started. And when it started, I, Mm. I had already started trying to do something kind of fumbled around, felt like I just wasn't doing the right thing, had my fuck this shit moment. Um, and I started like, doing Periscope. And I also had like other moments in between there. I feel like when you have one fuck this shit moment, you also have like a bunch of other ones kind of. Yeah. It becomes kind of like a domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A cluster fuck this shit moment. (laughs) That's what I have. And like another moment, I was just like, I need to figure out this money thing. I have to make more money. Like I've invested in these programs and courses and I need to be able to pay for them. And, um, and 
I remember being like, okay. And I would be like, God, like spirit. Cause I was already into all like the spiritual stuff. So I was like, universe, mm-hmm. show me what I'm supposed to see. Like, just tell me how to do this business. Like help me make this happen. And yeah. I ended up being drawn, like literally as much as you can think of being drawn into a bookstore, went into the bookstore, wow. found um, this book. This is the craziest part. And I always have stuff like this, like always have intuitive things like this, where I just hear mm-hmm. things like my thing mm-hmm. is clear audience. I, hear, oh, yeah. yeah, I hear stuff um, very vividly. And then I also like get images of things. And then occasionally mm. I will feel, well, I'll feel stuff too. We can talk about all that stuff later, but anyway. Oh yeah. I'm excited <laughs> about that. I'm gonna, yeah. Point is, I'm writing it down. But yeah. <laughs> I went into the bookstore and I was like, show me what I'm supposed to find. And I walked to a certain area in the bookstore and I heard turn around like as loud as wow. and clear in my mind. I turned around and I saw the book, the power of your subconscious mind. And I pulled it off the shelf and I mm-hmm. opened it. I didn't like, you know, fumble through it. I literally opened it up and I opened it to the chapter, chapter nine, the power of your subconscious mind for wealth. And wow. I was like, I have to buy this with my last $20 that I have. So <laughs> I bought it and I started doing what the book said. And, and it's not really about the book. It's, it's mm. many of the things that we know, right. I started yeah. to um, think different thoughts and believe different things and wrote my affirmations mm. down and tra- started to retrain my mind basically yeah. about money. Yeah. And from there, I just, kept deciding and having intentions about the things that I wanted. Mm. And I just kept taking action on what I was led to. So Mm -hmm. I was led to a course about overcoming my money story. I was led to write certain emails and create an email list. I was led to create a Facebook group. I was led to talk about certain things on my live streams. I was led to create my first program that was like a online course. And I sold one person into it. And then, and then I created a one-on-one program and then I had two clients. And then from there, I was like, I can totally do this again. And Mm -hmm. it just was this momentum ripple Mm. effect that way. And of course, after that, I hired a coach. Um, Well, actually, before I had the clients, I hired a coach because that's actually how you always do it. And and then um, from there, I just kept going and going and going and made six uh, figures in seven months and then multiple six in... 12 months. And that's pretty much where the story begins. Wow. <laughs> I love so much about that. And the thing I I know about you because I've seen you do it um, anyway, but I love that that's kind of played out through your story is that not only do you have that decision and intention, but you take action on what you're led to do. And I think that's the kind of piece that so many people are missing or not having the trust and the faith to do that. They hear the guidance and they ignore it you know, they feel that kind of ping of intuition and they ignore it or they feel that kind of pull and they just kind of bat it away, um, explain it away or convince themselves out of doing the thing and you just take the action. Totally. And what I would say though, and I always like to say this kind of thing that I'm going to say because I really value people showing that they're human Mm -hmm. is that there have been many periods of time where I have trusted myself so much and I have trusted my intuition and I've trusted that guidance. And there have been many times when I haven't, when I've just completely tuned out for whatever reason. 
Mm -hmm. And in those times I end up learning a lesson and getting to a place where I have another fuck this shit moment. Yes. And then I start tuning in again and then everything starts going the way that I want it to. But Mm -hmm. I think like if you're not, you know, fully trusting those things, just lean into it a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah. I find that it's really fun. Like I do it all the time, even with the things that I'm going to buy at the grocery store, the food that I had today. Yeah. Um, I do it a lot with food. I do it with even things like I'll go to make a tea and I'll be deciding which tea to have. And I will literally just wait for the kind of intuitive hit. This one is what my body wants. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. You can even practice it on the small stuff to kind of build up that trust muscle, right? But you're right in terms of like, you know, we're both, I think, people who have worked on, like we have a decent sense of trust in ourselves and in our intuition and our inner guidance. um, And we take the action based on that trust, but we haven't just acquired that out of nowhere. And like you said, we are humans and there's always times when we forget (laughs) to trust ourselves or we don't listen, right? You have to come back to it. But it's always easier to come back to if you've been purposely cultivating it equally though, isn't it? Always. And I have to say, like, I am not a person who grew up with confidence or Mm -hmm. someone who trusted myself. In fact, it was very much the opposite where I was always afraid I was going to do something wrong. I Mm -hmm. always felt like I wasn't enough. And so it really has been a muscle that I've had to cultivate over time. And there were different points. Like when I first started my business and I had a lot of success financially right away. I think that that happened because I just tuned out all the noise and I got really, really excited about what I was doing. And I was really just changing my mindset all the time and all the time in my next to my next up level. And that's really all that it was. And then, of course, I took the action from there because I realized that the more fun that I had, the more action that I took on my intuitive guidance, the more fun that I would have. And then the more yep. fun that I would have, and then the more results that I would get. Yeah. And it just became this momentum that built. Yeah. And I was having so much fun. And then, of course, there were different times when life happened. And I should say more like I manifested things that I didn't really like. And <laughs> then I had to learn how to build that trust muscle again and learn how to have mm. fun again and learn how to do that in that next phase of my life. And that has not always been, I guess, easy. And it's been Mm -hmm. something that I've had to work at. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, that, you know, when never of us just, none of us ever just going through life in a really linear fashion. There's always like new things, big changes, big upheavals and stuff, you know. (laughs) And so we have to kind of reacclimatize and kind of find our footing in it and find our confidence in that and then be like okay and now how do I trust myself here yeah that's so important like, I don't know about and it wasn't planning on segueing into this right now but I, but it's just coming up for me like I found it really hard to trust my instinct as a mother when my 
daughter was tiny. And I wrote about this before once to my email list. I remember saying like about trust. And if you're not in a place of trust, someone telling you to trust, you can feel like you want to poke their eyes out because you're like, but I just want to know the answer, you know? Um, And I remember being like that with her. I remember one of the midwives just saying to me, just listen to your instinct. And I literally just felt like I wanted to strangle this woman because I was like, I have no instinct, but I was just so disconnected from it. And it was just a new thing for me. And I had no idea how to trust myself you know, in like knowing what to do, what was best and all of that. And that was something I had to learn there in the same way that you have to learn in business, right? So that was totally my experience with my daughter and Mm -hmm. having the business at the same time. Like I was so afraid of how am I going to have this business and have a baby at the same time? And then once I was in it, it was the same kind of thing where I just, did not know how to trust myself to mm-hmm. do that. Yep. And I so, had to learn. So let's let's backtrack just one second then. So you had this business, it's going really well. At which point did you find out you were pregnant? I had just done a really big launch and I was super burnt out from that. And I had no idea how to hire a team or how to scale a company. And I was doing everything by myself. And I had just invested in a very large mastermind because I thought that that mastermind was going to be this thing that would... The ticket out of the burnout. Yeah. Totally. Help me. And then I got pregnant. And it was just like, I did not know what I was going to do because I Mm. had this idea that you couldn't be successful and have kids at the same time yes. without losing and your And that mind. is just, I mean, that's why this podcast exists, right? Because I feel like it's just such social conditioning that we've just had this story peddled to us that, well, you know, you can't do both. You have to choose, you know, as a woman. Oh, you can be a man, be successful, be a dad, but don't dare try to be a mother <laughs> and have a successful business because, you know. Totally. And so I kind of went searching for people who had already done it. I was looking for moms who were not stressed out, who didn't have kids, who Who were present with their kids, not just kind of like, yeah, off all the time, ignoring the kids, who were really successful. And I did find examples of that, but there was something that said, but that's not going to be possible for me. I don't have the Mm. support system. I don't have the money yet. I am already Mm -hmm. burnt out right now. Like all of these stories basically yeah and so that year when I was pregnant because it does feel like a whole year (laughs) I (laughs) I really struggled for that Mm -hmm. time when I was pregnant and I really just kind of kept my head above water I guess you could say is what it felt like is that I just kept on going but I felt like I didn't have much direction at that point. And I was really struggling to figure out how I was going to do this. And so, yeah, struggling to trust yourself to know that you could do it because you didn't have the proof that you could. That's the thing that can be hard, right, for us is that if we don't have a ton of examples, you know, or we don't identify with the examples, we don't feel like, the, you know, it's possible for us um, and it's not something we've done before, that trust is like a, an uncomfortable choice. <laughs> and it's not even always like something that we can acknowledge that is a choice in that moment. 
that's what it felt like. It didn't feel like I had a choice. It felt like I was stuck and I didn't know what to do. And I didn't have any examples or any way of getting out of it. Now, was Mm. that actually true? Probably not. There were probably ways that I could have changed. I mean, there were definitely other things that I could have done. And there were definitely places that I could have gotten support, but I didn't even think to ask for support. I didn't even Mm. think to look because I just felt so stuck at the time. Yeah. And so then how did it pan out when Frances came into the world? It was actually right before I had her that I had another fuck the shit moment. And I decided that I was just not going to bring her into the world in this way, in this way that I was living. And so I think sometimes when you have one of those moments, suddenly ideas start to come to your mind that wouldn't have happened before. You see things, you hire people, you do things. and Because you've let go and you've opened up for it to come in. You opened up for it to come in. Totally. That's exactly it. And so... I ended up really leaning into my spirituality and my intuition Mm -hmm. and really selling with that right before she was born. And so when she was born, I was like on this path of like, let's go, we're doing this like, boom. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually really crazy. I was in the hospital, like making sales while I was (laughs) in labor and had my so badass. Yeah, not that I recommend that. I mean, if I ever have a baby again, it's definitely going to be like the most chill vibes ever. We're not going to be doing any form of selling. The entire team is going to have every part of the business. Um, But that's what it was at the time. And I remember once I brought her home, I would be doing sales calls or coaching calls or trainings while she napped or while she was around. Mm -hmm. And it was great. And it was not, it did not feel hard. It did not feel difficult. And I mean, Mm. I think the thing is, is when they're really little, they are a bit more malleable and you can kind of a bit easier to fit in and around business. Yeah. Right. You can take them to different places. You can write a post while they sleep in the store. Yeah. They nap a lot. Yeah. While they, you know, while you go to the coffee shop. And so I would do a lot of those things and that year, I actually added on an additional $150,000 to wow. income. So I did like yes. 50 that year. Wow. Yeah. Which was crazy. And I almost couldn't believe that I had done it because the year previous, I was just so burnt out and so stressed mm. out. And so you were doing this after Francis was born, more from that place of intuition, correct? Totally. It was 100% from the place of I decide, like Mm. I'm flipping a light switch on that I get to make sales. Yeah. And that it's easy. And that I always say the right things. And that the Mm. people that I desire get to come to me. And that I can't do anything wrong here. And that I am who I am on the internet. And I'm totally authentic. It was coming completely from that place. I would that is that sale that is that magnetic sales energy totally it's the magnetic sales energy and I think like there's definitely a difference in the energy that I have now versus then even though I do the same Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. and it's really just then it was new so it felt almost more intense and more like a push whereas now it feels more like relaxed receptive receiving grounded peaceful, present 
and I loved yes. it a lot more. Yeah. But that was a good experience because it made me realize that I could just intend that sales come in in the same mm-hmm. way that I intend that I have a really pleasant walk to Starbucks to get my matcha latte. Yeah. And that it's the yeah. best matcha latte I've ever had every day. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that because I love the, the distinction that you made as well, though, between like then when you were kind of like learning, like, oh, this is how I can like make this happen in my business. Because it sounds like, and correct me if this wasn't true, but it sounds like prior to that, you know, pre-birth funk this shit moment, you were kind of in that hustle because you were having the like burnout and that kind of like potentially like that kind of like formulaic hard work to succeed way that we get kind of sold to us online and then you found that new way but it feels that extra kind of like magical when you first discover like oh wait what I can just use the power of intention and my energy to create results this is amazing but it feels like you said like more even in the creation of it it's that kind of like the flicking the switch feels almost more of like a a manual thing rather than I don't know if you feel like this right now but how I feel now is more like I just kind of slip into it (laughs) just slip into that energy it's not like a poof and here we go it's just a kind of oh and it's just happening you know totally it felt before like I kept having to flip the light switch on and sometimes rather forcefully whereas now it feels like it's something that I just decide in my head just connect into it's just there already yeah and sometimes there's a lot of belief stuff that I have to work on in my own brain Mm -hmm. in order to flip the light switch on now, do I always think that that's true? No, I think you can flip it on whenever around yeah. sales, around money or around anything else. But sometimes my brain is like, but what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And it's like this questioning, annoying thing. Yep. And I really have to be like, no, I'm not listening to that today. I'm going mm-hmm. into this. And I have to do that again and again and again. And I have to ask for the insight and the breakthrough and how do I move through this and how do I get to that point of decision to make it feel like a light switch that I'm flipping on. I have Mm. to do that work sometimes to get to that place where it really does feel like it's a light switch that I flipped on and it's on and it has a piece of tape over it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going back off again. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, I think that I'm so glad that you've mentioned that because just because we know how to do it and, you know, a lot of this is what we both like teach and help people with, but it doesn't mean we just are always perfect at it. It's not like we've got mindset just nailed. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, oh, we never have any limiting beliefs or nothing ever gets in the way of that, tapping into that energy or flipping that switch, you know. And that's the real work is showing up for that anyway, looking at honestly, you know, what's standing between me and, and my belief and my ability to just slip into this energy and removing what's in the path right totally yeah I love that I love that you um found so much more it sounds like freedom and ease from using your intuition more to kind of guide you rather than that kind of like hustle um I know that you know you've had intuitive gifts from a young age speak about that a little bit and we said we'd come back to the Claire is it Claire audio and yeah Claire's which Claire's do you have (laughs) I have all the Claire's. Um, all the Claire's. I have all the Claire's. Yeah. No, I've from a very young age been very intuitive. And I think that we all are intuitive, but I think of it mm-hmm. like a gift in terms of certain things that 
you're good at, right? So some people are extremely athletic and some people are extremely good at math. And I just happen to be extremely intuitive. So Mm. it's like, sometimes I will have a knowing about something where it just feels Mm. like I know something. Sometimes I will literally hear something inside my mind as if someone else is saying it and it's not me talking. Yeah. Sometimes I will feel things in my body. So like if I'm channeling someone, for example, Mm. um, I might feel that they had a heart issue or Mm. that they had a throat issue or that there was like a head thing going on. I also have been known to do something where I can tune into people's bodies and see what's wrong with them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So like medical mediumship. So there's like Mm -hmm. the intuition and then there's mediumship, like connecting with people Mm -hmm. crossed over and then there's medical mediumship. But mostly what I use in my business is really just tuning into people to really see what the root cause of things are and Mm -hmm. help to guide them in the best way. Yeah. What's best for them. Love that. So those are all the gifts. So yes, they've been around for like a very long time. Um, since I was like, can you remember when you first noticed that you, that they were like a gift or that they, it wasn't like the norm totally. to have this? Yeah. So I was, um, seven years old and my parents had just gotten divorced and I was, I don't know why that seems significant, but it, it does mm. in this moment because I feel like something happened because of that. Like I feel Mm. like I didn't really fully notice intuition Mm -hmm. or what was going on until then. So I was seven years old and I was sleeping at night, obviously at night. Well, I guess you could take a nap when you're seven, but anyway, I was sleeping at night (laughs) and (laughs) I remember I sat straight up in my bed, like from my waist up, which is like a weird way to sit up. Right. But I like sat straight up and in my doorway, there was a man in the same, like kind of way that you might see Jesus at a church or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I am not a religious person at all. I had never have been a religious person. I'm a very spiritual person, Mm. but it was like this man had, it was, he was all white, like a ghost, (laughs) like literally. With, um, with like longer hair and like a longer beard and like a cloak Mm. on. Oh, wow. And I was completely freaked out and I covered my head and I was like, go back to sleep, go back to sleep. And that's basically my very first actual memory. And from then I haven't ever seen with my own eyes again, any kind of ghost, but I've certainly felt presences and Mm. known things. And it was when I was in high school, when I really started to realize that I knew things before people told me, and I really started to Mm. see different things happen. Like, for example, there was a woman who is actually now one of my spirit guides. Oh, wow. Yeah. She, um, her name is Sylvia. And I didn't know that she was one of my spirit guides until I went and saw um, a spiritual um, healer who was like, who is this woman? She has all this white hair and this white energy and this white light, but her name is Sylvia. And um, I felt so drawn to her. It was the weirdest thing. This Mm. is like the power of trusting your intuition. I was like 
a 15 year old, no car. This woman had gone into the hospital and she had to stay in the hospital. She was a much older woman. I'd met her one time because my dad had me go meet her. She mm. actually was like a priestess in the like numerology religion or something like this. Yeah. And the wild thing is, is that she ended up passing away. And I had another one of those sit up from my waist moments where I called my dad on the phone. I was at my mom's house because my parents were divorced. And I called my dad and I was like, hey, Sylvia died, didn't she? And he was like, um, yeah. How did you know that? And I'm like, I just knew. It was like this thing came to me while I was sleeping and I just knew in that moment. And now she's your spirit guide. Now she's my spirit guide. That's so beautiful. Yeah. So it's definitely wild. And I think sometimes people think like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that stuff. Don't, you know, do all of that. And the thing is, is like, I didn't try to go seeking this out. Yeah. It just is part of like, it just, who you are. It's part of who I am. It just is. The only time I went seeking it out was to figure out what the hell was wrong with me. Because I knew that other people were not walking into apartment buildings and feeling and seeing dark shadows in apartment buildings like I did Mm. when I moved to Chicago. And so I started really learning about it and figuring it out then. And that was before, you know, any of the mediums were on television or anything like that. I was just like, something is wrong here. Like, what's happening? And then at that point, I started to, you know, do more research and figure that out. But that's the whole story with all of that. I love it. It's so fascinating. I, 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 I definitely feel like, and in, like, I think as women particularly, we're all intuitive creatures anyway. But I've always had like a real um, connection with my mum. Like we will just like, just stuff all of the time. Would just like know what the other one is thinking, or just do things like I would be in the other room from my phone. I would just without even kind of thinking about what I'm doing, get up walk to my phone in the other room and look at it and be like, why am I looking at my phone? Like, what? Did, why did I come here? And she would phone. And this happens like all the time. Um, and I'm like, oh, this is why I ended up at my phone. You know, we have that kind of like, um, it's basically quantum entanglement, right? <laughs> but we have that kind of thing. And I've also, I've got a weird um, gift of knowing when people are pregnant and not from like a kind of, working at you know how some people are like oh I think she might be pregnant because I know she's trying and did she say this about this I just have this weird like it just comes on in the moment like knowing I've had it with a client before I've had it with a really close friend before and it's just like something in my brain just goes she's pregnant and it's not like any thought process led up to that to kind of come to a conclusion um and like I can pick up on those kind of things but Um, But I find it really fascinating. And I love that you kind of like have found a way to take something that you thought was maybe like you said wrong, quote unquote, with you. But do you now see it as like such a gift that it is now that you get to kind of like use it in in your life and in some ways in your business? Totally. I mean, I use it all the time. And I try to always use it for good. How can I use this intention that I have or this connection to speak to someone in a way that will support them or help them more? How can I use this with Francis? How can I, you know, channel something that I need to hear in order to be a better mom or be a better Mm. partner or whatever. And I think that we all have that ability to really tune in and get those messages that we 
need in order to be a better human and have more of the life experience that we want that really fulfills us and brings us joy. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and if we would all kind of make the effort to listen to our intuition rather than the guidance from outside, <laughs> it would be such an easier place to live and it'd be easier on all of us, right? Um, talk to me about motherhood and intuition. Do you feel like that's enhanced your powers of manifestation and intuition? Do you feel like it's the same? Would love to know your thoughts on that because we talked about like impact on your business. I feel like the biggest thing that motherhood has done for me because it's been such a journey to really understand how to connect with my daughter and how mm -hmm. to really have a close bond with her. I feel like the biggest thing that motherhood has done for me has helped me to be more confident and help me to trust myself as a human more and help me to not make myself wrong as mm. a human. And those things are what has helped enhance my intuition. So for me, it wasn't necessarily that I became a mom and because I was part of the circle of life that I suddenly had more intuitive powers or something. Mm. The intuition was already full blown in there. Yeah. But it was more that I learned how to really trust myself and feel confident in myself. And that certainty and that confidence mm. have blown it out of the water. Mm. Because I'm no longer afraid of saying to someone who maybe doesn't live their life that way. This is what yeah. I feel. This is what I saw. This is what I heard. I have this kind of gift. I love that. So it's that kind of like ability to really own your gifts because you've got that kind of confidence and that trust in yourself. Totally. And own who I am as well. So own my mm. gifts, but also own my authentic self and yeah. always be uncovering who that is. And I think when you own that, it's so much easier to trust the guidance that you get, to trust your intuition, to trust, yes. to launch the program, to say the thing, to have the mm. conversation. You're not afraid anymore of the things that you might've been afraid of before. Like for me, I was afraid of getting it wrong, not being enough, not being perfect, disappointing people. And mm. all of those pieces fully impact the level at which you're allowing your intuition to come through the level at which you're allowing 100%. the divine infinite consciousness to run through you and give you the answers to whatever the fuck it is that you want. And it's not even always about getting what you want or getting to somewhere. It's so often about being here now and really enjoying now and really feeling the best that you possibly can in this moment. And Yes. How do we do that? That's really the thing. That's really the thing. Like I, I'm always talking about, you know, you get to create your outcomes, choose your experience. And, and this is all true, but we can be so focused on the results sometimes that we forget to enjoy <laughs> the process, you know, um, of getting there and, um, and actually just have fun along the way as well, which you can do more easily when you are 
in that place of trust. You know, it's when we're needing the result or needing the outcome in order to feel a certain way that we can't kind of do that in the in the meantime. So the thing that I find interesting about what you were saying about how motherhood gave you actually the gift of coming back to your authentic self and being more confident in your authentic self. I find that really interesting because actually a lot of the women that I speak to, they feel that motherhood has somewhere along the way caused a bit of a disconnect and they feel like they've kind of drifted from who they were previously and have lost a sense of themselves. So I love that you actually say that actually returned to yourself in that. Does that make sense? Totally. Well, I think I have had that experience also. Like I've had both, Mm. you know, after I had her, it was great for the business in terms of like really going all in on my intuition. But once she turned like one, I think I was really having a hard time. Now she's three and a half now, going to be four soon. But I was really having a hard time actually figuring out who I wanted to be, who I was, mm. how I wanted to show up, how I could actually even do that. I didn't feel like I had a good support system. I felt like I was doing mm. everything by myself and holding everything by myself. And I think that mm. so much of that contributed to so much of how I was feeling at that time, which yeah. was not good. And yeah. I think I can only really say that in retrospect, because at the moment when you're so in it sometimes, And for me, I'm always trying to be so optimistic because I feel like I'm a naturally optimistic person who happened to have a period of years where I was not optimistic. Mm. I was so in it that I couldn't see how much I didn't know who I was anymore. Mm. And I was trying to fabricate a version of a human that I thought that I should be in order to be successful, or that I thought that I should be because that's me doing a good job or doing it right. Mm. And I really had to strip away so much of my current reality, and really go back to square one in terms of like, my life. Yeah, and leave so much behind in terms of leaving behind relationships, leaving behind things that were in a massive storage unit, (laughs) leaving behind (laughs) things that were in a house and leaving a house. And there were so many different things that I had to really let go of. And I had to, I had to choose to strip away everything that was not working in order to find who I was, what was, what would, yeah, what would work, but also who I was. And I feel like I have found that now and I feel really confident about that, but it took time and it took, Mm. it took being in a different environment and it took having a partner and people around me who are always boosting me up, are always optimistic, Mm. are always confident in me and doing the work on myself too. It's not enough to just have those people around you, you have to do yep. on yourself. And I had spent so many years going in the opposite direction. Because mm. I was so afraid of things I felt so wrong. And it was almost like, when I had my daughter, it was like, for a period of time, all of this stuff that I was holding on to that wasn't serving me anymore. These ideas like perfection and like, 
Mm. making myself wrong, all that stuff like came to the surface, but I didn't want to look at it. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was like, this is not working anymore. And I stripped everything away that I could finally start seeing those little pieces of myself that had created that entire experience that wasn't working and didn't serve me and took me in the opposite direction of what I wanted. All of those things that I was living out took me Mm. on that path and gave me that experience. And so I had to strip away all the things in my life that weren't working in order to really see what are the root causes of this. And once I could see the root causes of those things, like the making myself wrong, like the being hard on myself, like the perfection, like the, my God, whatever else it was, those are the big ones. And those are the things that I'm sure most women who are listening are like, oh my God, yeah, tick, tick, <laughs> you know, being that, being that. Once I started really looking at that and seeing how I was doing it everywhere, and then I consciously decided to start to change, well, then yeah. I was starting to actually rebuild myself. But I couldn't, for me anyway, I wasn't able to start to rebuild myself until I looked at those things and I couldn't see those things until I started to strip away the mess that I had made. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, to actually have the clarity to be able to see it. Right. I think that's the interesting thing, isn't it, about motherhood, is it really kind of forces you, uh, whether or not you want to be forced to in the moment or not, but to, like, look at yourself. It's kind of a really interesting mirror, (laughs) Uh isn't it? Like, um, a lot of what kind of kicked me off into eventually where I am now is, like, I kind of felt really, I, well, the one thing I was really surprised by was the kind of ambition that being a mum sparked in me, which I wasn't anticipating. I'd kind of really sunken into a cycle of apathy <laughs> in my life before I had my daughter. And I felt like, well, being a mum is what I will do then. That will be the thing that gives my like life, life meaning and fulfillment. And of course it has, but I was still then, okay, now I want more, you know, and actually there needs to be more meaning and more fulfillment. But the thing for me was like, looking at kind of the patterns of what I was creating and what I had manifested for myself. And I had a sort of similar thing in terms of everything had to kind of like, I see, I didn't remove it. It was removed for me (laughs) by the universe in terms of like, I lost my job and my identity and I'd been there for like 10 years with it. And so I had to kind of just, I was just left just me. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like now, and now I need a plan. But I just really resonate with that because I, one of the things that kind of had been a catalyst for me doing the inner work on myself was this realization that I was creating my reality and I hadn't really acknowledged it till that point, you know? And it was, I had only acknowledged it because I was a mother now and I was really determined not to pass on certain patterns that I was living out like for me it was like an addiction to stress was my thing and just being a complete like warrior stress head and also um, as I started to get into that then it revealed to me I'm actually completely in victim mode all of the time and I'm feeling like life is happening to me I don't want to pass that on you know and like you say it's the kind of continual like shedding and dismantling piece to get back to who am I at my core you know when we can do that work though it's so empowering because You've kind of given, like I've always talked about on the show that I feel like I'm killing off parts of myself, you know, like the people pleaser, (laughs) like, you know, the perfectionist, like die, bitch, (laughs) you're not serving me. (laughs) Totally. I love what you said about kids being a reflection. I feel like we're, we have such an amazing advantage as moms because they really Mm. are a mirror. Like everything in life, like the people who are around you and what's happening and all of that is your mirror anyway. 
But when yes. you have a tiny human in front of you and it's like an extra you, focused mirror. Yes. Yeah. Inside of you, you're like, you have like, I call it like the boiler, like the boiler yeah. starts to go up inside of me. Yeah. Even if I'm like, yes, honey, we are going to go to the store now. But the boiler is on like 180 <laughs> degrees. She yeah. will start screaming bloody murder at me because yeah. she feels me, right? And so yes. I have had such an amazing advantage as a mom now that she's three and even before that, but I've really been able to have the brain space and emotional space now to mm. actually recognize a lot of these things that anytime she is in a bad mood, 99% of the time she screams at me or has a tantrum or whatever, it's just a mirror. And if it's just actually her, because like, if I'm already chill, chill, yeah, and I'm already happy and all of that stuff. And she has a tantrum and it really just is her. Then my mood will always diffuse it and it won't impact me at all. There's yes. such a difference and they really are such a mirror. And so I think we have such an advantage there to be able to always have that other person reflecting to us yep. when we need to check ourselves and yeah and where the work needs to be done and like not being perfect i think if we try to always be chill it's just like oh such a lost yeah, cause it's like, never gonna happen no no <laughs> <laughs> no but progress over perfection and yeah you can notice What's triggering me right now? Do I just need more self-care? Do I need to ask for help? Do I need to receive mm. support? Like, what do I need right now for myself? Yeah. How can I honor myself? And if that mirror for you with your kid is really just about honoring yourself more, then like, what yeah. a gift. Uh, yeah, and what a gift to them to see you honoring yourself. Yeah, totally. Because most of us didn't grow up with great examples of that, right? So. Oh, Ariel, I feel like I could talk to you forever, but I know that you have something else after this. So I have two questions. I just want to ask you super quickly. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. Okay. One is, so obviously you've been, well, how many years have you been kind of in business since that first, like first business? How many years is that? Do you think? So 2013, 14, 15, so seven years. 18, yeah. 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 Seven, seven years. years. So why do you keep going? I love this question so much. I really think I keep going because I know that there are things along the way that I'm supposed to bring into the world. But mm. more than that, I feel like as a human, my purpose is really just serving other people. and. I feel like there are so many of us who have a knowing about what our purpose is. Yeah. And the more that we can just keep moving forward forward with that, no matter what gets in our way, no matter how many times we fall down, no matter how many people say that we can't do it, the level at which we just keep getting up and walking, I think is the mm -hmm. level at which we impact people and the level at which the ripple effect happens from our actions. Yes. Yeah. And it's that just keeping up, taking that one step that day in that direction for the mission 
and like for service. Yeah. Totally. I love that. Oh, my other question was, how can people get more of you? <laughs> oh, yes. You can always go to arielfry.com to see everything that is happening. You can also visit me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Ariel Fry or on Instagram at the Ariel Fry. You can also get my receive with ease training if you like. This is my training where I talk about manifestation, mm-hmm. but it's really about doing it in a way where you get to relax and attract and receive. Mm-hmm. So I put together a three-part video training where I talk all about that and how I made that shift. And really walk you through exactly how to do that for yourself so that you can receive more money, more clients, more love, more of everything. More support as a mother and business owner, right? More support. That can be a tricky one for some some of us. Yeah, More support and everything else that you want in your life. And you can find that on arielfry.com. Yay. And we'll put all the links in the show notes as always. Ariel, thank you for the gift of your time and all of the conversation today. I absolutely adored having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You're the best. Love you. Love you. See, told you you were going to love Ariel as much as I do. If you enjoyed today's episode and you want to find out more, head over to the show notes that you can find at coreychavik.com forward slash podcast forward slash Ariel. That's A-R-I-E. And if you enjoyed today's episode, do share the love, tag us in your Instagram stories. I am at Corrie Javid and Ariel is at the Ariel Fry. That is the Ariel, A-R-I-E-L. Fry is F-R-E-Y and that's all one word, no spaces, no lowercases or anything. Tag us both, share the love and we would love to see um, what you enjoyed about today's show in particular. And do come and join me, like I said, for that festive soiree over inside my Facebook group, The Limitless Mothers. And never forget, my love, you are limitless. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. If you've enjoyed listening to today's show, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you don't miss out on any episodes. It would make my day, possibly even my week, if you could spare a minute and leave a review over on iTunes. And because I value your time so much, each month, one lucky reviewer will win a free success coaching call with yours truly. So if you'd love for us to pinpoint and then work through that one thing that's currently standing between where you are now and where you want to be, then definitely leave a review for your chance to win. Until next time, remember, you are limitless.